everybody. It is Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show and the Aftershocks podcast. And before we show you this next video, just wanted to remind you that you can add the CMSPN to your Roku. That's right. If you have a Roku or a Roku TV, just click the link below. It's in the scroll. It's also in the description of this video. And make sure you're logged into your Roku account on your computer, and it will add it right to your Roku. It'll add it, then you just refresh your device, and bang, there it is. That way you can watch all of our episodes, whether it's us or Skull Sessions or Talk To Me or Aftershocks or Classic Metal Show. I'll be on your TV. It's a deal, right? And it's free, free. All right, make sure you do that. And now here's the video you actually came to see. What's going on, everybody? It is Chris Aiken from Aftershocks, and just wanted to remind you before we give you this next great interview that you should be subscribed to the CMS Podcast Network, cmspn.com. That is the web address. You can watch, you can listen, you can subscribe. Everything you need to do to catch not only this episode, but everything that we've done in the past, it's all over there on the CMS Podcast Network, as well as great shows from the Classic Metal Show, Shockwave Skull Sessions, Talk To Me, and, of course, Aftershocks TV. So sign up today and you will never be without entertainment again. All right, enough of this. Let me give you the interview you came here to see. All right, awesome. Here we go. All right, welcome to another episode of Aftershocks at AftershocksTV.com on the CMS Podcast Network. And joining us today, we've got a veteran guitarist in the world of metal who many of you will know from his power, excuse me, his Boston Power Thresh metal outfit, Malaya Rage. And he's here today to talk about his other band, Mexican Eight Lord, and their new release, Survival Cannibalism, Mr. Tony Nichols. Tony, thanks for coming on. How you doing, bud? Thanks for having me. All good here. All right. Awesome, man. Well, let's talk about the new record, man. What an awesome record this is, man. We're both loving this record, man. Um and, um, you know, compared to the first record uh, that you put out a few years back, um, definitely some changes, I think, on this record. I mean, uh, you, the vocals to me sound a bit more highlighted, a little more up front than they were, I think, on the last release. And your guitar sound, too, is a bit more balanced, I think, in the overall, you know, mix of things um, compared to what we're used to hearing from you and, the, you know, with Malaya Rage, where everyone's kind of, you know, all the fans are usually anticipating those money riffs that you have coming in. But this one's a little more, uh, I think, a little more blended, you know, which I think, you know, definitely uh, benefits the songs and the album because I think, you know, um, with this album, you got to really pay attention to detail because of the lyrical content. And so I think by doing that, you know, people can really hone in on, you know, the whole concept of the record itself. So, I mean, was that something you guys were looking to do on the new record when, you, you know, it came to the mixing and mastering uh, of it? Well, I think you're spot on everything you just said because the first record – <clears throat> it's primarily me playing guitar and Dan came in and, and, uh, you know, ripped out some solos and mm. the first record, I think is a heavier rhythm mix. Yeah. Uh, mm. you know, uh, and this record, we wanted to use Dan more cause Dan is a talented guitar player. And, uh, I think we're more familiar with each other too. And the first record was just me saying, Hey guys, let's, do something with these songs, these loud metal riffs. And that's what it ended up being. Now, six years later, everybody kind of knows how to work with each other a little bit better. And we really wanted to focus on using Dan on a creative side more than just shredding some leads, which he can certainly shred. 
and add some sounds. And I said, Dan, you know, try, you know, everybody knows you can play fast. Let's try some, you know, unique sounds to, to get more of an artistic sounding record. And John spent some time with it, more time. And uh, I think he's more comfortable with it. And Pete, the mixer, mm-hmm. um, spent more time with it. And it's a fuller sounding record. Uh, probably more pleasant to the ears to the average person, uh, if you know what I'm saying. Sure. Are you saying that it's unpleasant to your ears? <laughs> well, no, no, not at all. But, you know, some guys want everything completely brutal metal. And this one's probably a little, like you say, a little uh, more together on a mix where it, 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 a lot more blending going on, the different sounds. Uh, sure. I don't know. You know, it's a different record, but it's still still Mexican Abel. It still has John's very unique lyrics, obviously. Sure. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And yeah, my two my two favorite songs off the record are uh, you know the devil does divide us and no deliverance. Those are just phenomenal tracks, I think, man. And uh, and I think one of the reasons why I really like those tracks too is you got the gang vocals on those too. They're a little more heavily present on this record, I think, too, than the last record. Um, And I think by adding that extra element, I really I think it it really highlights the darkness and sort of the despair of what the lyrics represent. I mean, what made you sort of decide to, to, to add those extra, you know, background vocals? Because I think in my opinion, I think it was a great move and uh, it gives it sort of like almost like a, a little bit of a gothic type of feel to it. Uh, well, that's really on John, uh, you know, cause mm-hmm. you know, we don't record one pseudo, uh, we live all over the place. So, okay. you know, my tracks are done here and John lives, 30, 40 miles from me. So he goes to his studio. Dan lives in Florida. And uh, so we're all over the place. But, you know, John will hit his studio, ask me for ideas. And I'll say, you know, maybe I'll say try a gang vocal there. But most of that was him and his producer he worked with. And we gave him credit for the uh, vocal recording and vocal production, even though Pete Rucho produced the whole record as a whole um, in the mix, you know, obviously the mixing and the, the guitars and the drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his uh, engineer really had a lot to do with that. Okay, awesome. And in terms of the, you know, just sort of the concept of the record, I mean, the video for the song "Situation" was really cool. I think that really kind of really gave, you know, um, I mean, it's, it's an interesting, you know, concept. The whole Donner family esque theme of the record, because I think really too, like I said, in order to understand, I think, and really, you know, maximize a listening experience, it's I think it's really important that listeners kind of know what the album is about before they give it a real serious, you know, listen. I think really the video gives the listeners such a great idea on what they, you know, what to expect with the record. So um, who, who wanted to pick up this, this uh, concept for the record? How did that come about? Cause I think it's really well, interesting. That's, really cool. that's definitely John. John, John is, uh, okay. John is his own man when it comes to lyrics. I mean, you know, we put the music together. I put, you know, I put the basic, uh, the chords and riffs together that Steve, mm-hmm. the drummer, who's, extremely talented adds so much and dan obviously had so much but vocals are all john i mean he okay. you know you listen to his lyrics and dig deep, deep in and he comes in with these words like where did he find that word and, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all him man we can't nobody's gonna take credit for john's lyrics yeah and he, he lives in gloucester so he's a you know he knows the uh, waterfront style in New England, if you know. What okay, I'm sure, gotcha. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, you know, Tony, it's interesting. Matt, Matt was just saying how his favorite two tracks were "The Devil Divides Us" and "No Deliverance." 
I just think the whole middle of the record is such a strong place. If, you know, cause my favorite track is in between those two with so much wasted rope. And I love that guitar chunk that I guess you're, you're playing that dun 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 dun. You know, it's like, wow, that's, that is like some compelling playing there, man. Um, I, I, I agree 100% with you guys. The, the middle of the record is the strong point. So when we put the order of the songs together, John said to me, I want the songs in order musically so I can write this story with the song. So the songs, the order of the songs were done before the lyrics were even done because he wanted to write a story through them. So, you know, you kind of go with like, all right, this one sounds like it could be an opener musically. And then you go to this one and then you do the mellower stuff in the middle and you build up heavier at the end. But The Devil Does Divide Us is my favorite song. I mean, the dynamics on that, it might be the best song I've ever been involved in in 30 years. Wow. And like you said, so much wasted rope, that riff. Um, uh, it's just, it's we like it, man. I mean, the, when I came into the drummer, with it, he goes, man, that riff, it's just simple, but it, it, it sure. works. I'm with it. It just sticks in your head. It's, it's that, you know, when I first heard it, then the rest of my day, I was like, dun, 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 dun. you know, even when I'm walking around the house, I was hearing it. So, and that's, I, I imagine for a musician, that's exactly what you're going for. <laughs> uh, that's what we're going for. You know, I like, I like heavy, dark riffs, but catchy, you know, right. You, mm-hmm. you see all these bands with all these dark riffs and, but then they go to another riff and nothing matches up and the vocals don't fit the riffs. And, you know, I really spend time on dark. It's got to be dark and mean sounding, but it's going to be catchy too. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then gluing it to the next riff that works with that riff. And I spend a lot of time on that because I think we've all heard those bands that can write a good riff, but the next riff just doesn't go with it and so on and so on. Sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Now, now, Tony, I, I want to go backwards in time a little bit. I remember, God, I, you, I'm sure you could tell me exactly when it happened, but it's like 2012 or 13 or something that you that you broke your wrist, and it took you a really long time to, like, longer than than most to recover from it. And I, I, I'm curious if, when you did that, if that if you found that it ended up changing the way that you actually play guitar. Because it does seem like your sound is a little different since then. Not in a bad way, just in a, it just sounds like a somewhat different sounding play, whether it's with Liar Rage or obviously with uh, Mexican Ape Lord. Um, well, guitar sound wise, it's probably because after that break, we started using Pete Rucho as a producer. So he produced the last Liar Rage record, Idle Hands. Right. And he produced both. Mexican A-board records. And yes, I slipped on the ice December 16th, 2013. And, uh, I went down hard and I mean hard and I'm, uh, you know, I'm almost six, three. So I had a long way to go <laughs> and I just flew in the air, landed on my wrist and I just Mike Tyson the ground. <laughs> I just shattered the thing. And it, yeah. it took three th- surger- surgeries uh, I had 13 screws in there, 144 therapy sessions. And I, for a while, I, wasn't, I was never going to play again. I mean, that was out of the question. Uh, I, I would have been happy just to ride a motorcycle, you know, just to have the motion to pull the brake lever. But sure. 
we uh, we worked at it. One thing about being in Boston is you have the best medical in the world. That's not even a question. I had the best surgeon in the world at, uh, at my disposal. And my therapist works on people with the Boston Symphony Orchestra. And wow. we hit it. We hit it hard. And it took a year and a half. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we're back. Good. Nice. <laughs> I'm glad to see you back, man. You know, um, obviously, you know, with Mexican ape lord, it's, it's obviously much different than you know Malaya Rage. You know, when you so when you're writing, recording for Mexican ape lord, I mean, how difficult is it for a guy like yourself? I mean, you've been playing the guitar the way you do now for, I mean, you know, like you said thirty years or so. I mean, to balance, how do you balance the two without it sounding you know too much like what you've been doing for the last thirty years? You know, I mean, do you make a conscious you know decision or think to sort of separate the two, or do you just kind of you know just go with whatever's Whatever comes to you with this. It really just goes whatever comes to me. And when you have different singers, different drummers and different guitar players, you can, you could present the same chord structure to the guys on the left. And then that same chord structure to the guys on the right. And it's going to be a completely different song. Um, True. And, uh, you know, my RH has its sound, you know, we did the, I think we were pretty consistent in the sound over the years of, of wire age, you know, trying not to bear too far off from what, you know, the eighties thrash sure. Megadeth Metallica metal church thing we were lumped in with. And that's what we were. And, uh, Mexican board again, I got more unique guys over there, especially John, the vocalist, John comes from a, uh, indie punk background. Okay. Played a band called the bags. who were actually pretty big in the Boston mm-hmm. area. Uh-huh. Did pretty well. I mean, they were they were featured in Rolling Stone magazine, and uh, I think they were on uh, that guitar game. What's that guitar game called? Guitar uh, Hero. Guitar Hero. Guitar, yeah, Guitar Hero. So they were indie punk metal, and uh, I always said in the back of my head, you know, for the thirty years that you know we were in different bands, I'm like, boy, I'd love to play with him because he's so unique. I love his tone. He's got that tone I like. I've always liked that the. Uh, Mariah Hetfield, old Alice Cooper, Danzig, powerful, but a little raspy. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we went to high school together. So, oh, wow. Okay. No, a long time. Wow. Very cool. Well, I mean, you know, speaking of that, I mean, you know, it's been, uh, you know, 30 years since you released the classic, you know, Malaya Rage debut, Kill to Survive. And I mean, even though you guys, you know, you have a great loyal following, I really feel like, you know, you were definitely a band that should have been probably mentioned more when talking about some of the, classic, you know, thrash bands from the 80s. I think one of the reasons for that is, you know, in general, people, I think, seem to, you know, especially at that time in a lot of part of the 80s, they seem to equate Boston more with hardcore and punk than they did with metal. You know, I mean, it really wasn't, I think, to like, you know, the 90s and even the 2000s where Boston and Massachusetts in general became such a hotbed for metal. I mean, how how difficult or challenging was it, you know, if at all, when you were trying to break out of a city that wasn't really synonymous you know wasn't synonymous with heavy metal at that time you know during the mid to late 80s where people may have been overlooking boston in general when the metal bands that were coming out of there because of all the strong ties it had to hardcore and punk yeah the boston the boston metal scene was late to bloom nationally or internationally um you know in in our in our uh heyday from uh, you know 88 to 92 93 when we were on epic mm-hmm. You're right. Boston was more known for hardcore. And I actually did a stint with Gang Green in 1987, filling oh, in for cool. those guys on tour. Awesome. And uh, I, I realized really quick I wasn't into – I was into the energy and, the and, you know, the, the rebellion, but, the you know, the musicianship was just too limited. And 
too noisy for me. Uh, so I started them my age. And, uh, but you're right. Boston was known for, for hardcore and there were two bands, us and Wargasm that were, were the big, exactly. you know, yeah. thrash bands in Boston at the time. We got signed Epic and we, we had a good healthy start, you know, that three month metal church tour MTV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we did the live VP and solitary, but you know, our, our, our favorite excuse is grunge killed us, which of course it killed everybody except the biggies. But really what killed us was our own doing. Cause we, as soon as we got back from the metal church tour in 1989 in the spring, we did three and a half months straight on the road with them. We got back, we were offered an Exodus tour to go right back out and we turned it down because one or two of the guys are like a little homesick. And like, you know, the rest of us like, well, <laughs> is this what we're going to do or not do? So we, Turned that down. And, uh, I think there was an, another two. We turned down uh, something else, too. And then we went to Europe the next year. And then when we got back, the writing was on the wall. Things were changing quick with Seattle. And, uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, if we, I think if we had taken that uh, Exodus tour right after the Metal Church, we would have been to that next point where people really would have lumped us in. We would have been at the level of Death Angel or, uh, you know, the second tier band or even mm-hmm. the third tier. The, the first tier is one band and we know who they are and right. <laughs> the second tier and then the uh, third tier. We, so we kind of slipped the third tier, I think just cause we didn't take that Exodus tour. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, life goes on. And then in 07, we went back out when metal was booming again. We know at metal church again for I think five weeks. And we pulled out of the last three weeks of that tour. Cause one guy didn't want to keep touring. And, uh, Oh, man. So five man band is tough. As you look yeah. over the history of rock, five man bands are tough to keep together. Because right. you've got five different personalities. You can go back to Deep Purple and Yeah, true. You know, you, it's tough keeping five guys all on the same page. And that mega band that we won't admit the name the biggest band ever, uh mm-hmm. you identify with them because they're basically the same three guys plus one bass player every fifteen years. They right. keep that unit. Yeah. You know that unit. And, uh, you know, you look at bands like Anthrax and they're like, who's on guitar this week? And, you know, mm-hmm. is Joey in the band or not in the band? Uh, right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Metal Church. Our first, this is the craziest fact of all. Our first Metal Church tour in 1989. When we went back to the 2007 tour, there was nobody in the band that was the same. Two different bands. Wow. <laughs> Imagine that. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So we always had a rule in my age, three original guys or nothing. Uh, so you right. don't want to look like one of those bands. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and honestly, that's one of the, if nothing else, that's one of the most admirable things about Mariah, about Malaya Rage, other than the music itself, is the fact that you didn't just kind of, run with it and become, you know, become Tony Nichols, Malaya Rage or whatever, you know, as so many bands have done, it's really admirable that you, you kind of made that pact that if you didn't have the core, you weren't going to do it. No, I mean, you know, we know the bands and it's one guy and it's, it keeps revolving. Right. Uh, but you know, I, you know, I, I definitely do all the music writing and I pass the music off to the singer and let him do his thing. But, Hey, the brand's got to have an identifiable faces and uh, three original members or no more age record. It always hasn't been the same three. It's always been me and Jim, the other guitar player, but 
you know, it's either been Mike Monroe or Stu and, uh, you know, three original members. Like I said, three, three or none. Then it gets silly because, again, right. you know, one guy and there are plenty of those bands. We all know who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're so right. Well, and, and, you know, Tony, as somebody that is a fan, I have always been really disappointed with the metal community for not I, – I get it from the early days. They either got it or they didn't. But in these later years, you guys have put out some tremendous music that just most people have, have just didn't see. The Deep and the Dream – The Deep and Dreamless Sleep is my favorite Malaya Rage record of any of them. You know, it, it's such a good record. And Masquerade was goddamn great, too. And it just, it, it's really annoying that people just didn't grab onto it. No, it's, uh, well, again, that's a lot of that's lack of touring. And uh, that's our biggest problem is, you know, back then we had a couple of homesick boys. And now everybody's in their 50s and everybody's got mortgages and some people have kids. And it's just tough to get out. And, yeah. um, but you're right, man. I mean, the Deep and Dream of Sleep, the remix, I don't know if you have the remix version. Uh, uh, I can't even think of the label. We have so many labels now, I can't keep track of them. <laughs> Dive Bomb <laughs> Records reissued Barely Human oh, and wow. uh, The Deep and Dream of Sleep. And Pete Rucho, our new engineer hero, remixed those records and released them on the. Check those out because uh, okay. The Deep and Dream of Sleep is definitely a favorite amongst some people. Uh, that's actually our best selling record since the heyday. Okay. Uh, but, you know, Idle Hands is really good, but, you know, uh, Masquerade was good, but, you know, you know how it is. People want to hear that, uh, those first couple records. And again, again, us touring with Metal Church twice, as a Metal Church fan, I would go out every night to go here Beyond the Black and Metal Church, you know? Right. And, you know, they could put out the best record or whatever, but, you know, you identify with the early records, but I do, I do think that some of our new stuff is, is pretty good. Oh yeah, but uh, you know, yeah. lack of touring, lack of touring. How we go? There you go. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it was Tony. I mean, you, you've been now in the game for so long, and I mean, is there anything else left that you feel like you know you want to accomplish with the music? Are there any like goals you have? Or are you simply just doing it because you love it, and you're just going to? No, I will. I love it. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, my rates will sell some merch. We have a, a merch page, and the Kilts Divide shirt sells. And, you know, mm. like you said, we'll, we'll put something on our Facebook about Kill Survive or Solitary Solitude and, you know, it'll explode and we'll put something new up there and everybody just passes by it. Mm. But the Kill Survive stuff keeps, keep, keeps a little income for that. Uh, but I just like doing it. I mean, I, I put Mexican Aport together to write and I wanted something a little bit more, uh, you know, my rage is more of a, a macho, towny, tough guy band. And, mm. you know, I wanted to, the John, the singer of Mexican Aboard, is tif- completely different animal. I mean, everybody in that band is, you know, got the degrees and they think, you know, they think differently than metalheads per se. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to try something different. I'm going to stick with this for a while. Oh, very cool, man. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, so what's what's next? I mean, obviously with the pandemic going on, no one knows what's going to go on with live music, but are you still writing for uh, Malaya Rage? And are you going to still write another Mexican late Lord record. I mean, what's what's your your future plans that you can think of? You know, right Malaya now. Rage, Malaya is on hold for now. We just okay. We, the, the candle, the candle will hit the water. So okay. we're uh, you know never say never, but right now it's I'm mainly focused on uh, Mexican Lord. It's it's okay. it's a good. We work well together. Uh, 
And uh, I like it. I mean, I like John's unique vocals. I like, you know, you're talking about how the, the survival cannibalism, how people would look at the video and, and decipher what the lyrics are going to be about. Well, the first mm-hmm. record, to this day, I'm scratching my head. What is he talking about? But John's a brilliant guy. <laughs> I'm you, he's brilliant. The wife went to Georgetown. He's not, he's not a dumb guy. He's one of those guys who walk in his house. His living room is nothing but uh, shelves of books. Wow. And a little TV in the corner that he never watches. He's a, he's an, almost an intellectual, and uh, <laughs> he's going to come up with something. We got stuff we're working on, and he's going to come up with some stuff. Right. Awesome. So right now we have uh, three leftover songs from the first two records that we're going to record. Okay. Well, the drums are already done. Uh, the the leftover tracks. I'm going to go do the rhythms and the cleans, and Dan will play, and John's already got the lyrics. So that that'll be coming out in the spring. Yeah, this is going to be a little three-song EP, nothing special, just throw it out there. And oh. the third Mexican eight-board record, I've already got it written. It's wow. done. I'm nice. looking at my little studio off to my left here and just cleaning up stuff. So that'll be out in a year. Well, yeah, fantastic, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what that that new concept is. If it's, uh, if it's anything close to survival cannibalism, I think it's going to be uh, you know, just another gem you guys are putting out. And in the meantime, to the listeners – Definitely check out Survival Cannibalism, the brand-new record from Mexican Ape Lord. And, uh, Tony, why don't you just go ahead and, I guess, let our listeners know where they can uh, find music and merch from the band and where they can check everything out. Uh, well, you know, these are spots, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, our merch, sites is, merch site is uh, IndieMerch.com. Uh, but, you know, just go to the Facebook or whatever. I mean, it's, it's search the Internet. It's all you're going to do these days. I mean, sure. it's, on, it's on all the spots. Uh, okay. Everything's on YouTube. We don't hide anything. It's there to be heard. We're not here to, you know, mo- you know, we don't care about monetizing. We just want people to hear it. So, sure. you know, some labels will say only put two songs on YouTube. We put everything out, let it go. <laughs> sure. Nice. Awesome. Well, yeah, we definitely look forward to hopefully catching you guys uh, live uh, if and when uh, live music returns. And, uh, yeah, and in the meantime, like I said, good luck with everything, Tony. Really appreciate you coming on. And it's a great record. And, uh Hopefully, we'll get to talk to you again sometime in the future, man. That would be awesome. Awesome. All, All right, right, Tony. Thanks, right. man. Take care, Tony. Appreciate it. Take, Take care, guys. Take care. Care. Thanks for listening to Aftershocks. For more episodes, go to our website at www.aftershockspodcast.com. Visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for more news and information on the podcast. And be sure to subscribe, listen to, and review all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. For your music listening pleasure, visit our website or go to www.shockwavesradio.com. For all comments and questions, please email us at info at aftershockspodcast.com. All right, everybody, another great interview right here on Aftershocks TV. And before we go, just want to remind you one more time, make sure you get over and subscribe to the CMS Podcast Network, cmspn.com. You can watch, you can listen, you can subscribe to everything that we do, not only us, but uh, the classic metal shows, Shockwave Skull Sessions, uh, Talk To Me. It's all there, one site, get four great shows, never have to do anything again, but be entertained. So, Check it out, uh, cmspn.com, cmspn.com, cmspn.com. Until next time, folks.